man, I can shoot the ball. I know I can shoot the ball. I'm not worried about what anybody says. Like, I'm a dog on the court. That's how I play. They play fast. They have three-point shooting. They're young. They're versatile. And that's how I want to play. That's how I think the game should be played. You know, this team is on the rise. The city's on the rise. Oh, that's, that's exciting. You know, I'm getting chills talking about it. You are listening to Throne Room Breakdown with Jason Jones and Kenny Carraway, only on the Athletic Podcast Network. Okay, what's up, everybody out there? Happy Tuesday. Happy All-Star break. This is Jason Jones. This is Kenny Careway here on the Throne Room Breakdown. What's up, Jay? Man, we got we got another guest, man. Throne Room Breakdown is turning into like uh, the the Breakfast Club of athletic podcasts right now. We got guests, and you're not popping right now if you don't come through the Throne Room Breakdown. That's what it is. You got You got to show up at some point. You got to come through. Yes, indeed. Today we have Channel 13, CBS 13's own, the sports director, the sports anchor, the man. I'm going to just say it, the man. There's nothing left to say about this. I was going to say Philly's own, but he's not from Philly. He associates with Philly, but he's not from Philly. My main man, Marshall Harris in the building. Marshall, what's up, baby? What up, y'all? I guess I guess today I'm popping for a day at least, if, that, if that's what y'all are breaking it down. I mean... I appreciate y'all having me on. <laughs> I, I feel special. I feel exclusive. I mean, VIP. Thanks come for letting on, me man. across the red carpet. Come Pass on, the you velvet got rope. Yeah, man, I moved the velvet rope. You, you come on through, throne room breakdown. We got my man, Marsh. Now, Marsh, like I said, you're not from Philly, right? But you you were there for a while. Where were you from, Alabama? Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm from uh, Huntsville, Alabama originally. Uh, went to school in Mississippi State. Now I did like a slow matriculation north, uh, worked in uh, my hometown, Huntsville. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh for a couple of years. And then I spent uh, the last 11 years in Philly before coming here at the beginning of last year. And um, I can say I know the pain that Sacramento Kings fans feel because y'all think y'all know pain, but until you go through a 10-win season, do you really know pain? Do you See, really I'm, know pain? We going to get to that. I, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about about the whole uh, the correlation between the process and what's going on in Sacramento. So we're going to get to that. But you mentioned Cincinnati. What is Cincinnati like? What is Cincinnati like? Well, there's a river. Uh, it divides Cincinnati and Kentucky. That way, uh, Fat Marshall, I like to call myself back in the day, he could go across the river and get some sweet tea. Uh, <laughs> no problem. Uh, um, but it, it really, it was like the South, but the Midwest, like, combined into one. So everything's a little mm. slower. That's, that's, that's a, all, that's that's all a different place. That. Is it kind of like Sacramento? You know, they got the one major, well, no, they got two major teams. They got the Reds and the Bengals. I guess it's a little. Yeah, they got the they got the Reds and the Bengals. College basketball is huge there with uh, University of Cincinnati and um, Xavier. Um, mm. So they have, they have like sports, uh, a lot of high school sports just like right here that are popping when you talk about high school football and high school basketball. But, you know, the Bengals haven't done anything for a long time of note. The Reds, it's been a long time since they've done anything. So, yeah, it is a little bit like Sacramento, but, you know, they don't have the NBA. So that's like mm. the big difference between right. between here. And that, it's funny because until I worked in Philadelphia, I didn't get to work in a city with NBA teams because even in Pittsburgh, they had the other three sports, the Pirates, that's the, right. the wow. Penguins, and, of course, the Steelers. Um, yeah. So I got to Philly. I was like, all right, basketball for real. And then, you know, <laughs> Alan Iverson left, and the rest, as they say, is history, the process, mm-hmm. uh, you know, GMs, GMs, wives, starting burner accounts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, you know, crazy. Ho, hum, ho, hum. So <laughs> I'm, was... I'm prepared to cover anything. Yeah, and then, you know what's funny about the whole pro- the, the process was funny because during that whole time, the Kings would always find a way to lose to that team. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember yeah, early, good. early, yeah, early in that process, they were they were right on tank mode. They came to Sacramento and just wore the Kings out. Like Spencer Halls had a big game. Ish Smith would kill the Kings. And then it was time to trade everyone. They said this team is too good. They just won a game. Time to trade everyone. <laughs> yeah. No. No. But that's seriously what it was because the, the goal was we're going to have the highest odds at getting the number one pick for three or four years until we get, like, the good, good talent. And, of course, everybody knows Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, but remember, for every Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, there's a Michael Carter-Williams. There's a Jalil Okafor. There's a Nerlens Noel. Guys who are touted as big-time prospects who are are NBA players, don't get me wrong, but they're certainly not going to lead turning an entire franchise around, like maybe a, uh, I don't know, Luka Doncic would. 
Oh, so yeah. there you go. I mean, there you go, sake. Marshall. There you I'm go. I'm going to say about that, too, for God's sake. Before Dario Saric showed up, I thought Dario Saric was Tony <laughs> Kuko, uh, LeBron. Exactly. And they were like, we got Dario Saric coming. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? Because, my God, the way y'all talk about him, once we get Dario Saric over here, watch. And I'm like, okay, that's the guy I've been waiting on. It's like, the, it's like Robert Covington ended up being better than a bunch of those guys. Right. Hey, Rashawn, Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes is a product of the process, too, though. Yeah, Dwayne Dedman, also a product of the process. Before he wow. started season three, he was on those Sixers teams. He's wow. been, uh, I think, a 10-day in, in Philly. I remember him. Um, there's been a lot of guys who have come through and been a part of that. And, and really, there's two ways to do things. You, you luck up big in the lottery and get the, the number one, number two pick or get a, a generational talent type. I'm not going to call anybody a generational talent off of three or four years, but I'm saying the type of guy who you see the ceiling be a generational talent, or you get good guys who can play well over the course of time, such as the, the like you know the Golden State Warriors. They didn't get a number one overall pick. They got Steph Curry when they got Steph Curry. They got Klay Thompson. Those guys weren't top five picks. Um, and and you get good enough guys like Memphis is a great example. The team that the Kings and the rest of the West are ch- chasing right now. They're two games over five hundred. But they just have young talent who will play well. John Morant probably going to be the rookie of the year. There's more than one way to skin a cat, but the ultimate goal is a championship. And you're going to have to be you're going to have to be creative with how how you get the talent, the assets needed to to create a championship team. The crazy thing about the Sixers, when you think about the process and and everything that they put together, when you when you run down the list, they missed on. I want to say the majority, but the overwhelming majority of those picks. Like, the only two that really hit were Embiid and Simmons. <laughs> and they had the first right. pick, like, Remember, four Embiid times. Right, for two years. <laughs> right. And they had the first pick, like, four times. And, like, only one Remember, time did it really work. They they drafted Markel Fultz. And then, like yeah. J. Cole said, you know, they messed up his shot, you know. That's why J. Cole was still – that's why J. Cole was praying for him. He was like, you know, that whole 21 wow. Savage wow. line hit. That whole twenty one savage song that, that that line hit a whole different whole different way. Now you watch him in Orlando. I'm like, they really did mess up his shot. They, I thought Markel was can't miss. Like I saw him in Washington, and I, I'm not saying he was a dead eye shooter, but I thought he was can't miss. I thought he was easily you know a, a 17 point per game guy right out of the, out of college. And to see what happened those first few years in, in Philadelphia. It was, it was painful to watch. It was painful to watch him work out and, and try to work through that. That was crazy. I'll say this. Martel Fultz should be a lesson to everyone paying attention. If you make a trade with Danny Ainge, you better <laughs> quadruple check that thing. Because Danny Ainge said, I've got the number one pick. I'm going to trade it to you, get an extra number one pick, just because I know you want Martel Fultz, and I'm going to take the guy who, wait, who was an all-star in 2020? Oh, yeah, mm. Jason Tatum. Yeah, just just, you know, just the okie doke of all okie dokes. You know who else? And this this is the diff, this is one of the many differences between Sacramento and Los Angeles. You know who else passed on Jason Tatum, Los Angeles Lakers for Lonzo Ball? But because the Lakers right. are in L.A., they're able to just bounce back. LeBron wants to live in L.A. It's nothing really the Lakers franchise did. The, LeBron wants to live in L.A. Oh, and 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 they got and they got a whole mulligan. On that whole, they passed up on Jason Tatum for Lonzo Ball. People talk about Marvin Bagley for Luka Doncic. They passed up on Jason Tatum for Lonzo Ball. Do the Kings have a LeBron James on their team? So stop. No, no, we don't have no palm trees. We don't have no palm trees. We don't have Hollywood. And they they flipped Lonzo and got Anthony Davis. And you know if the Kings could have flipped Marvin, De'Aaron, and Buddy for Anthony Davis, they would have done it yesterday. So what you're saying is... The the Kings are planning to flip Marvin for Giannis, is what you're saying. Okay, uh, no. Because, no, I see. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Let's, not, let's not get carried away now. Let's not get carried away now. Let's, no, I'm just saying there's more than way. There's more than one way to do it. No one, no one clowned Danny when he flipped all them guys and Kevin McHale hooked him up for Kevin Garnett. Not at all. Not at all. So, it's I mean, all about relationships, more- man. Relationships a lot of the time relationships and you know sometimes you you may not pick a star but you pick a player who's good enough that another team will want if they Mm -hmm. had if you know if they had drafted i mean this is gonna sound mean if the king like had drafted i don't know justin jackson not that it would have taken him that high they couldn't Mm -hmm. have flipped him for no ad they took a guy who's actually you know lonzo can play lonzo's been hurt lonzo can play 
Nick Cannon. Well, I mean, Lonzo it, wasn't the it, best player in that deal, though. Let's be honest, Jason. It was, it was Brandon Ingram by, by yeah. a, mile, a country mile. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows that. But, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, don't hate on them because they were able to, you know, flip those guys into one of the best players in the league. So The Lakers, the Lakers traded away two number two overall picks in, like, five years. It's crazy. And got a, and got a number one pick back for them. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is not the Laker room podcast, though. We will say that. But we're we're going to talk. We're going to talk about the league um, in general before we get to the Kings. We got my main man, Marshall Harris, on the line with us here from CBS 13 out here in Sacramento. And before we get into the Kings, uh, guys, we got to talk about the All-Star game because I was I was very happy with what I saw. Now, the first three quarters, I didn't really pay much attention to. I saw the first quarter. It looked like much of the same stuff. I wasn't interested. I said, I'll check back in um, in the fourth quarter when they had the Elam ending going on. And I'm glad I did. Because that that uh, that fourth quarter, the Elam ending situation, that was some good, good stuff, man. That was some really good stuff. Do you think that uh, – we'll, we'll start with you, Jason. Do you think that that's sustainable? Can we do this – Every All-Star game, or was it a, a perfect storm of the whole Kobe thing and, you know, and people wanting to honor him and, and all that? Was it a perfect storm, or is, is this going to be the new norm for the All-Star games? I think what made it different was, I mean, we've seen a lot of All-Star games where they start playing in the fourth quarter. Like, guys decide, okay, we've had enough fun. I think this, the, the way the scoring being, being, being untimed, I think that took away from the idea that, okay, we're down by 15, we're just going to chill. Right. You know, I think it I think it made it fun, you know. Yeah, and I hope they keep that just because however you want to do it, just, you know, just the idea that you're you're aiming at a point total. It's like it's like being on the blacktop again, like you're playing a game yeah. of 21. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think it, I think it made it I think it made it fun, you know, and you saw guys trying to take charges and guys playing defense. Stuff you normally don't see. Well, guys I mean, almost getting teched up. They argue. Yeah. It was upset. Yeah, I ain't never, I ain't never seen a guy argue a foul in the All Star game ever. <laughs> that was the first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Marshall, you, you, you kind of feel the same way. You, you like what you saw as well out there on Sunday night. I, I liked it for a, a couple of different reasons. First of all, I love the the whole. You know, we have kids that represent where this money is going in mm-hmm. the building. Like that was cool. It too. was real for them. You know, yeah. like we need that money. Uh, and, and that that just added that human element to it. But also, like Jason said, we we talk about me and you and you and your boys and me and my boys. We're about to play some basketball. We, we don't. It's something everyone can relate to. You don't have to have played high school or college basketball. Everyone's played pickup basketball. So when you put a target out there, a score you got to get to, it comes down to this. Yo, man, we down seven. We just need to get a stop and get a bucket and get another stop and get another bucket, and we're right there. Mm-hmm. Like everyone can relate to that. And I thought that's what made it uh thrilling theater in the fourth quarter, because we knew the thing about basketball, everybody makes a run. If there's talent on the court, everybody makes a run. And it was, Hey, is this team going to be able to sustain this lead or nah? And you know, it got down. Like, like, like you guys said, guys were about to get teed up in an all-star <laughs> game because that's how serious it was. Right. Um, Kyle yeah. Lowry was out here acting a fool trying to draw charges. <laughs> um, I'm with it. I'm here for it. I- I'm, he- I'm here for all of it. Yeah, it was, like I said, it-, it made for great theater. It made it fun. To me, it was fitting that somebody that Kobe had worked with, Kawhi, got the MVP. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, yeah. to, me, to me, if you watch Kawhi's game, it's like, He's like a little Kobe clone in some ways. Just he has right. really big hands. But, but <laughs> the I mean, Android of, version, though, Jason. The, the Android version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the oh, Android yeah. version. <laughs> well, that's that's better. What I mean, they call he like DeRozan. the Terminator out there. Yeah, that's better what they called DeMar. They called DeMar DeRozan the, the straight to deep to VHS version of Kobe, which I thought was just wrong. I'm like, man, leave, leave my man from Compton alone. That's wrong. They're like, that's, they didn't even say DV. They said straight to VHS. Oh, like, that's man. wrong. He goes straight to BET uh, with, mean, the, he, with it. He, Don't even get in theaters. Man, y'all going to respect DeMar DeRozan. Compton's on with the Compton. Played in my league in high school. We used to whoop, whoop up on them in football because they sucked. But Compton High couldn't, you know, couldn't fade us in no football. That's hilarious, man. Yeah, look, man, when you when you talk about the Elam ending, now I'm a basketball nerd. Like I'm, I'm a real geek where 
I love the basketball tournament. You know, for some of you guys who don't know, basketball tournament every summer, um, ESPN picked up the rights to it. They show the games uh, in like late July or something like that. And I'm so like I get I, I sit up here and I, I talk about the XFL and I'm like, nobody wants to watch that trash. Like who wants to watch that? Well, I can't even get I, I can't speak out of both sides of my mouth because I'm the same guy that records on my DVR the basketball tournament games. Right. I love the <laughs> basketball tournament. And when they introduced the Elam ending, I said, this is amazing. This is perfect. And I said, I don't know if the NBA because of gambling, I don't know how it would affect that, the money, and you know, that that's you know, the creme de la creme. I don't know if they ever want to get too far away from how the game has been structured for a hundred years, but they have to find a way to incorporate this Elam ending into basketball because it's perfect. Like you guys mentioned, it takes you back to something that everybody can relate to, being at a 24-hour fitness, being at the park, you know what I mean, playing up to a score and just knowing that time isn't a factor. We just got to buckle down on defense and we can we can get wherever we need to get. And I think the Elam ending is great. They needs to be in all all-star games. And if they're ever serious about like these little mid-season tournaments or whatever, I'm not saying have it in the NBA finals, but they definitely should have it in like these Vegas mid-season tournament things or something like that. It's it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I'm with it. And, and another thing I do want to see all-star weekend, they, they still got to do this one-on-one tournament, man. Can you imagine? Mm. Can you imagine? I don't know, I don't know if the egos tournament? is ready for that. I don't know if the egos is ready for that. I don't know if uh, I would love it. Like it's a perfect idea, but yeah, I don't know the 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 NBA player, NBA superstar ego. I don't know if they want to take a take a chance of like Kawhi going running through like ten straight guys and going ten nothing or something like that. Like I don't. I was. But I you put, yo, if you put if you put the money on the table, it'll be worth it. If you this put the true. money on the table, this is I true. Would love that. And the crazy. The it crazy thing is out. they it just out. They do it. Um, Jason, you probably know this too. They do it like at the end of these Team USA practices. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't they have like these King of the Hill, these one-on-one matchups that sometimes people get like a little video of and they show two minutes of it. But like these guys all played a little King of the Hill one-on-one at the end of these all-star practices or Team USA practices. I love to see it on an all-star Saturday night format. Yeah, you know, but yeah, except the ego. Like I said, we still got we we barely got guys doing dunk contests for shame of for fear of being embarrassed. So, right. Well, then again, I'm with Aaron Gordon. Though Aaron Gordon's like, I'm out. I'm like, I don't blame you, Aaron. I don't blame you. You you've given the game all you can give it as far as above the rim. Let's let's get right into this dunk contest. And we promise we're gonna get to King's talk. We promise, but. I mean, they haven't played for like almost eight, nine days now. There's not a not a whole lot to talk about, but we're, we're going to get to it. Um, but dunk contest, Marshall, you brought it up. A great dunk contest. Very controversial with how it ended for a number of different reasons because Derrick Jones, while I feel that Derrick Jones is probably, he might be the easiest dunker I've ever seen in my life. Like he does unbelievable things so easy. It's it's insane. He's tall, he's got long arms, and he can jump high. He's airplane mode, he's cheat code, all rolled into one. Like, it's ridiculous what he does with a dunk. I don't think he should have won a dunk contest. I don't think that last windmill is from inside the uh, free throw line was a 10. It should have been a 9. And Aaron Gordon going over 7-5 taco fall, that's a 10 all the way across the board. Then it comes to D-Wade. Giving us that night. Slithering out of there like the referee in the Montreal screw job. All right. I saw him. I saw him. He slithered out of there. Hey, you, and, you, uh, you, you, you couldn't Chadwick Bozeman and Scottie Pippen slack on that too? Why did everybody blame the game why of nine? He wasn't why the only everybody blaming Dwayne? Everybody blame I guess because, because the, Derek Jones played for the Heat. So maybe that's the, that's the conspiracy, but That's you know. one that's one reason. But the other reason was the backstories were According to two judges, Candace and Common, they said everybody was supposed to make the same score that they made on the Derrick Jones one, and we were going to get out of here with a tie. That was what they said, and they said something went wrong. The only thing that went wrong there is D-Wade. He had, the, he had a 10 for Derrick Jones. He had a 9 for Aaron Gordon. Uh, allegedly, the, the agreement was everybody make the same score you made the previous dunk. And D-Wade, you see him, well, you see him slithering black. out of there. I think that's black, first of all. 
I, I don't think, I, I think, yeah, I think it should have been tied. Determined, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like it either. Let, let the man go out there and dunk and grade his dunk on what it is. I um, agree. But, but, but I will say this. D-Wade, not just a Miami Heat thing, but, like, he's a former basketball player. So, like, he, he like, more, more weight on him because he actually has, you know, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. You know, yeah. he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, this is true. He, he's he's got to have better judgment is all I'm saying. He knew what he was doing. Uh, to a higher he knew what he was doing. That's why he slithered out there. He tried to slither out there before the score, before the scores came. But watch the replay. He out there looking all sheepish. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, mm, I'm like, how does the man get four straight fifties and lose? <laughs> he got five. He got five fifties. Yeah. I was with Aaron. It's like, you know what? They just got to change the. I mean, you know, if if you get to the finals, if it's a tie, you go to the previous round or something because. Basically, you, yeah. You, I'm with, you, now, see, that's, you, I, you, I didn't you, like you that the first round scores were discounted. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because you, you can't you can't just throw out what happened in the first round. I think that should, in some way, for, shape, or form, reflect you know the overall score. I mean, I don't think it should be a straight reset button. I think that's maybe my my big beef. That's how to fix it anyway. Because I don't think it's fair to first, judge the, them on fatigue. You know, like hey, you've been dunking for for, for forty five minutes. Okay. Now you lose because maybe you mix, or maybe you go back to the old rules of you get one dunk, you miss that, then that don't count. Yeah, yeah. And when you get that far into the competition, when you're like in sudden death, like there, yeah, you can't miss a dunk. <laughs> you yeah, know Aaron saying? Gordon, Aaron Gordon wasn't missing. You know, he might have missed one. I remember, maybe one the whole time. Yeah, I think he missed that that off the side of the backboard windmill that he did. Uh, in the sudden death, and that dunk was so nasty. I, I, I'm definitely disregarding that miss that he he had before on that on that attempt because that dunk was one of the greatest dunks I'd ever seen. That was filthy. it was just so smooth. It yeah. was so smooth. Yeah. And then people talking about well, Aaron had to push himself on Taco to get the. I said, do you know Come how on, high you had to jump to get the ball? Come on, man. Do you know how you got to jump to get to his shoulders? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and somebody nah. told me that was the Shaq logo above Taco Fall. <laughs> right. And I don't really care was. if he it really was. I don't. I don't care if he bent his head a little. He's okay. Oh, okay. Instead of seven five, he was seven two. Whatever. Right. <laughs> Yo, all I know is Taco Fall looked terrified. Like, wait, what are y'all about to do? He what said he was scared for his life. <laughs> Taco yeah. said it. He afterward, he said I was scared to death. I didn't know what this man was going to do. This man miss. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, Mar- but no, yeah. No, I was just going to say, Marshall, did this uh, take you back to a time in Alabama when you were doing these same things, um, you know, at your local playground? Yeah, I was doing those same things on my nerve for him. You're right. Or when you lower it down to, to nine feet. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I wasn't I was doing this on my on my nerve rim. <laughs> the things that they were doing, I couldn't even imagine on the on the on the small hoop, man. It's crazy. I can imagine. Anything. Yeah, man. I, just I mean, can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it was real. It was. I mean, Aaron Gordon. Just going back to the Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon dunk contest. That's why I realized. You know, it's like these guys are artists. They're not just guys who can jump. They are. They are truly artists. Because that, to me, that's the best dunk contest of all time. I think so too. Well, I think, I think Vince Carter had the best like exclamation point on a dunk contest. Like he, what he did in that one man display. But in terms of two guys going back and forth, the Levine Gordon, oh my goodness. Like, I remember we had been through like a decade of bad dunk contests. Right. Not you remember that? that? Yeah. When, that, when like that was nobody one of the even greatest. wanted to do it? Right. Zach Levine, in my opinion. So is, I'm just uh, happy that dunk contest is back to what it is. Yeah. Zach Levine, in my opinion, top, top, somebody had a little Mount Rushmore thing. I think Zach Levine is on there, top four dunker of all time. I mean, to go between the legs from the free throw line is unheard of unheard of like i know there's probably some guy in the in the in the streets of uh in the in the streets of oakland or something that might be able to do something like that but on the nba level zach levine between the legs from the free throw line so gracefully i mean it was one of the greatest dunks i'd ever seen in my life so yeah i I agree with you that that gordon levine one was an all-timer and so i guess we make the perfect transition now to um jason our guy Buddy Hield, three-point contest champion. Shivano, Shivano Rainier Hield. 
I was. Oh, you, I first of all, you had to go with the government. You, you want to go with the government? Yeah, Shivano. That was Shivano. That was Shivano. He don't. Yeah, Shivano. That wasn't the buddy. That was Shivano. That was Shivano. That was Shivano <laughs> Rainier Hill. I thought that was that was pretty cool to see for, from Buddy. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, people have listened to the show a couple of times. I've been frustrated a number of times by uh, some of the things Buddy Hill has done this year or said this year, whatever the case may be. But I was really happy to see that from him and for him. Um, and the way he did it, you know, getting hot at the end, it was it was always funny listening to that. And Red, they had the little three-point shot, the Mountain Dew joint. And Reggie Miller said, oh, he's going to need this one. And then he misses it. And he's like, oh, that 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 hurt him. And then he makes like what, like nine of his next ten or something well, like that. Reggie like, said several things that made me that <laughs> <night>. <laughs> Re- Reggie with uh, yo, y'all the, let, let Reggie live. Let Reggie live. <laughs> I want to know what King's team he's been watching. This competitive team, and I'm like, what the hell? Yo, Reggie said anything, bro. He I'm said like, anything Reggie, on Saturday. I'm night. like, come on, Reggie, look at the standings. Don't call them that when they're. Come on, man. The, <laughs> But yeah, it was good to see, you know, Buddy has to see Buddy get some uh, get some love, you know, go out there, you know, going against, you know, Booker, you know, and the people's the people's champ, Davis Bertans, <laughs> who I felt like public sentiment was in favor of just because, you know, the was it the Latvian laser? It's <laughs> yeah, a great nickname. Wow. It's wow. a great nickname. I love it. Yeah, I just feel like I felt like the public he would have been the people's choice, him or Duncan Robinson, because well, his name is Duncan Robinson. It sounds like you know. That is, go blue, go blue. I, Shout out to my man Duncan Robinson. You know what I'm saying? Michigan all day, baby. Jim, what a beeline! Oh wow, he did great. Duncan Robinson was a well. First of all, yeah, beeline was there. I'm trying to think. Yeah, he was there. He did great with Duncan Robinson. What about Nick Stauskas? He did excellent with Nick Stauskas. That's what fooled us all. We thought Nick Stauskas was going to be great. I'm just checking. I, I can't remember. I know you know you know Marshall. You know what Nick did when he was was in Michigan. He's a Big Ten contributor. You know what time it is. Um, I know what he did in Philadelphia. Talking oh, about the more if y'all would like me to. Yeah, I mean, we we know uh, it's similar to what he did in Sacramento, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good. Like I said, good for Buddy though. Buddy, you know, need, you know, not that Buddy was going into the break looking bad. He had a good game going into the break. You know, it's just, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Buddy. I started getting tweets. Well, maybe Buddy should start now. It's like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, see, that's what I wanted to ask you guys. I could this possibly be a gift and a curse situation? I mean, because we know. We, you know, we'll get into the article that Jason contributed with the triple threat handicap match that Jason contributed to uh, before the All Star game. Um, but I mean, is this more fuel to Buddy's fire as far as him uh, being a starter in this league and all this other stuff? Like, yes, you're talented enough to start in this league, but there's more than just shooting a three ball that lets you be a top flight. Uh, two guard in this league, starting two guard in this league. Marshall, do you think that this is more ammunition that Buddy will use um, if he isn't put back into the starting lineup? I don't even know if he needs ammunition. I think Buddy believes he's a starter in the NBA. And you know what? I don't know. A lot of it is pride, man. We know these athletes, just like everybody else, they have pride in what they do. And we all have an ego. And Buddy obviously believes he should be a starter. He's getting paid a starter salary. Um, I don't have an issue with him coming off the bench. Um, I think his issue shouldn't be whether or not he he starts or not, but hey, is he going to get his minutes? Because the minutes Mm -hmm. going down is like really what I'm looking at. Not like I don't, it doesn't matter if he starts or not in terms of if it's best for the team that he come off the bench, so be it. But Mm -hmm. for him, I think if he's only playing, you know, 20 something minutes a night instead of 30 plus minutes a night, I think that's where his issue comes in. Like he's not getting yeah. enough run, and that's yeah, that's but, a real uh, issue. But he's getting run. He's getting run. It's not like you know he's playing eight minutes a game, you know, fifteen. No, 20. no, he's I'm, I'm saying, but like when you're used to playing thirty three, thirty five minutes a game, and all of a sudden you're playing twenty eight, twenty nine minutes a game. I mean, you want to play? You <laughs> who doesn't want to play? Oh yeah, Kenny, Jake, yeah. Who yeah. who doesn't want to play? I don't and know. You have, guy, to, really, you have to put your <laughs> ego aside if you're going to come off the bench. Like, I love coming off the bench. Like, that's just me, like the basketball player. Because I like to be able to scout what's going on out there and then come in and make an impact. And 
Buddy, his defense isn't consistent enough with a team that has such a slim margin for error defensively that you see when the holes, like you, you know, when you are, are, are trying to um, open a package that's 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 tightly wound in plastic, mm-hmm. and you gotta get like that one little bitty hole before you mm-hmm. can like rip it open. <laughs> like too often, we've seen his little bitty hole get ripped open as a defensive player when he's out there at the beginning of games. Can we agree yeah. on that? One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, con- yeah, and I always tell people conversely. He's a guy where his game gets going by him scoring, and you also need De'Aaron to be doing that. And at some point, you know, maybe further down the line, De'Aaron's developed enough to know how to get his game going, get the other guy, you know. But right now, you need to make sure De'Aaron stays aggressive. Mm-hmm. And right. if that, you know, and if that, and if you have Bogey out there with him, Bogey can get into the game without taking four or five shots first. If Buddy right. doesn't touch the ball for seven minutes. You might lose, buddy, and right. that's not a that's not a knock on him. It's just the type of player he is. He has to get to shooting. Bogey will get two rebounds, a steal, and three assists, and he'll feel like he's in the game. I don't know if you can do that with Buddy. I'm, I'm trying to remember which game exactly it was, but uh, it was a recent game. Luke Walton, literally in his post game press conference, explained it that simply. He was like, "Listen, Bogey is a better fit with De'Aaron Fox because of how." De'Aaron needs, we've got to get him going early and often and, and doing whatever it is he needs to do. And Bogey fits that better because of what you just mentioned, Jason. He can be a guy who can be a catch-and-shoot guy. He can be a playmaker. He can do all of the above, where Buddy is just more of a pure scorer. And that's not a knock on Buddy. That's just recognizing the skill sets, and that's a coach's job, is to put his players in the best position to succeed. Yeah, 100%. And when it comes down to Buddy Hill wanting to start, like I, I understand as a competitor, as a person on that level, you, you, you're you uh, ultra competitor being in the NBA and being as good as he is. I understand wanting to start. And can you start in this league? Yes, the answer is not can you start. Of course you can. You average 20 points in this, game, in this league. Um, you're one of the greatest shooters in the league today. Uh, yes, you can start. But – if you want to be a top-flight team in this league and a top-flight starting shooting guard on this on this uh, on a, on a top-flight team, you have to be able to commit yourself to improving in areas where you're deficient. And I don't right now. I don't know if Buddy Hill really understands how bad of a defender he is. I think his his situation is probably um, a mindset where he figures, okay, well. Uh, well, he said it before. He's not concerned about his his defense because everybody else is giving up points. You know what I'm saying? And and if he's putting up 25 points a game, he's doing his job. No, that's not what a starting two guard does at a top flight level. All right, a, a top flight shooting guard in this league is somebody that's playing both sides. And he's strong with the basketball. He's able to score in a number of different ways, not just a three-point uh, three shot, but he can create his own shot. He can get to the bucket. He can facilitate for others. And I don't know. Somebody asked me on Twitter if, if Buddy can improve, you know, to become that type of two-guard. I don't know if Buddy sees, sees it that way. I don't know if he sees it in a way where he says, yeah, I have to get a lot better in a lot of different areas. I, I don't want to say he feels like he's a finished product, but – I, do you guys hear what I'm saying? Like, I don't think he thinks he has to get that much better. He should get what he wants right now. And, I think he looks around. I think he, Kenny, I think he looks around and sees other guys and sees the mistakes they make defensively as well. And in the whole team concept, he's like, I'm not the only one who's flipping on defense. I think that that's been the attitude because that's what he's that's what he's literally said before. So mm-hmm. I understand where he's coming from on that, but at the same time, I, and this is why maybe he's a better fit next to Corey Joseph than De'Aaron Fox. Is because you know if he's going to be guarding other elite two guards, well, yeah, more more attention is coming your way because you're the guy guarding one of the best players on the court. You know, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's different if it's a uh, you know if it's a league from ten years ago or even fifteen years ago where you know a lot of different guys are doing damage on the court. But we we live in a a world where wings do the 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 most dynamic of the scoring. So mm-hmm. you're going to get put on blast when your guy blows by you, whether you're scoring at the other end or, or not. Um, and so, you know, it's not all Buddy's fault, but Buddy's got to do a better job and be more aware of, 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 of what's going on on the defensive end. Yeah, and I think and his and what is, people forget earlier in the year, 
what what Corey Joseph had to do because you had to put him on James Harden. You had to put him on these, you know, to me, I think Corey just got worn down. I mean, he's playing. He wasn't brought in to play 40 plus minutes of the way he was doing. And he's guarding six foot eight. He's guarding all these big guys in part because the way their defense is and the way that what they had, you had to try to put him somewhere on like even this last game in Dallas. They start him so they can put him on Luka so you could put Harrison on Porzingis. Mm. So, right. you know, so, you know, so you, you a lot of it's just, you know, matching up. And I think when you put Buddy off the, in the second unit, you just tell him you're in there just to get buckets. Don't worry. We don't care. Score, score, score. And, you know, I, I think right. it works. I think it works well for them. I mean, Dave Yeager thought it was a good idea. And, and let's not forget, Buddy became the starting guard because Bogey was hurt. Because like, remember, the year before that, he started the year as a, as a starter and he was struggling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. benched him and his game took off. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't think that Buddy can come back, though, and say, hey, I won a three-point contest. Uh I should start. Oh no! Oh, oh no! I think I think he no, will. No, no. <laughs> I would not be surprised I, I, if he I, will. I don't, I'm, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Shivano more credit than that. I'm gonna give Shivano more credit than that. I don't I think, think I think I he's gonna think put he, it in his argument. I I don't think I he's gonna put easily. The, he's gonna it. he's gonna walk in the loose office and put his trophy down. I won that. So about that. Start, no, and, and the thing. Let's let's not be obtuse, guys. The, the coaching staff knows he can shoot. They know he's the best shooter on the team. No one's arguing that. <laughs> Yeah. That's if he if, if if all it was is he can he's the best three point shooter in the league then yeah he he could start but that's not what this is about it has not it has almost nothing to do with it it has the fact that what you said they want to put him in a position where he can just go get buckets and 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 really try to work with his skill set as best as possible and Luke Walton tried it the other way it did not work with him as a starter now a lot of that might have to be due to personnel and shortage of personnel. Like you mentioned the whole Harrison Barnes, Chris Stapps, when you're down 18 bigs or whatever, it's the Sacramento roster is down <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah, it's a problem. You don't have a Marvin Bagley or a Holmes to guard him. Right. And, and, and look, all three of us are in agreement about the significance that this uh, three-point contest championship should have. Um, and I'm not going to say he's going to come in whenever they go to practice and, and be like, look, I won this. I should be starting. But I can easily see a world when if if Buddy goes off in a locker room again when he's frustrated, that will be used as ammunition. I can easily see that. I can definitely see I, him I, I, I hope not because, of, as my friends say, I don't want to see him get dragged. I hope that don't happen. <laughs> I hope I, not either. He would absolutely get dragged. I, I, I get hope dragged, not either. He would drag, get dragged to the bay and back. <laughs> yeah, I really hope that doesn't happen. I really hope. I don't believe it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen. I, it's, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's not gonna happen. Right. But, I hope not. Yeah. Now, I want I want to get into where all this is kind of coming from as well because my guy Jason contributed, like I said, on a on a three on one handicap match on the Sacramento Kings. On no, I'm messing right. with you, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, he contributed on a real real good article um, with Sam Amick and, and Shams. Uh, on kind of what was going on in the inner working of the uh, King's front office and kind of behind the scenes. And Jason, I just wanted you to talk a little bit more about that and 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 how you guys got to some of the places you got to as far as, you know, Vivek being a little frustrated with what's going on and starting to question some of the guys that are, are um, in charge of basketball decisions and the coaching and things of that nature and Buddy Hill's potential um, – Re- trade request that maybe if things don't go the way he wants them to like what kind of you know break down and you know a little bit more about uh how that story came to be i mean it pretty much came to being with you got three people covering the league all kind of getting same some of the same information and rather than have say shams write something short i write something short sam writes something you know it's kind of it's, why not just put all of our minds together you know, and see what we all have and kind of bring this whole, give a more complete picture of what's going on. And that's mm-hmm. what it really was, is trying to get the most complete picture. I mean, there's more stuff we probably could have got in there. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> just trying to give a more complete picture of, we don't want to say it was like a obit on the season yet, you know, but kind of just like, hey, you know, this, this season has not gone the way they would have hoped it would have gone. Here's some of the, here's some of the things, some of the thoughts, you know, 
just kind of what where we may be looking at down the road, whether it be a month from now, three months from now, the draft. There's a lot there's a lot to think about now. And I thought it was kind of funny hearing that even at All Star Weekend there was some type of a like I guess closed door tech summit and Luca and oh, Vivek Jesus. ended up on the same panel. That's awesome. What? <laughs> Wait, what you said Luca, not Luke, right? Luca. Yeah, Luca and, and Vivek. Vivek. Were, we're on on a panel together. That's awesome. Jesus, oh that is absolutely God. awesome. Oh Jesus! And but yeah, the story it was it was interesting because I know just talking to Sam because you know we've been around between the two of us, we've got twenty plus years around the Kings, and we we were surprised to a degree at some of the the, the like the, the blowback we got, like even some of the local Sacramento media basically questioning the credibility of the story. That was crazy. Like, you know, what were they questioning? Hold on, hold on. What were they questioning? Someone basically, I mean, there was one person who happens to do, I believe he does play by play, who basically (laughs) said, I don't know where, I don't know where this stuff comes from. And there was another person who happens to be the president of the Buddy Hilt fan club who works for a certain (laughs) blog who called the report, quote, irresponsible. Oh my God. You know, And so I'll I'll see them when I see them, you know. Well, I saw one of them. He didn't have nothing to say then, you know. But yeah, people get you know Twitter fingers are a monster. I'm like, you gonna call my you gonna call my stuff irresponsible? I'm making stuff up. Let's talk. Right, right. You know, I, how do you I, feel about that, Jason? You know, I'm I'm all right. You know, I'm just like, you don't you you know, it's one thing to kind of question. You know, you can question whatever you want, but don't go on. Don't go. Don't get on on your little phone and start calling people irresponsible and saying stuff like, "Where does this stuff come from?" Yeah. As if as if we sat around one day and said, "You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna make fun of the Sacramento Kings." Yeah. You know, and to me, the, the, I was surprised the buddy stuff got so much traction. I think part of it was the way it was aggregated. It was mm-hmm. aggregated to say, "Buddy, buddy wants a trade." That's not what anyone in there we wrote. It was basically right. saying, "Monitor this because if it doesn't change and he's not happy." Uh, very possible and very likely a trade request is coming. And I mean, why is that shocking? This is the same dude who said before the season, if he didn't get an extension, he wanted to get out. Right. So I don't understand why people are acting like it's impossible that he wouldn't want to get out after the season. Why is that shocking? Mm. You know, and then, you know, just, just the I, whole, I think, I, you know, it's just, okay. Another thing is, I mean, I, I feel like sometimes people forget, like nobody likes to lose. Like nobody likes to lose. Coaches right. don't like to lose. Players don't like to lose. So sometimes you look around your environment and it's like, is it the environment that I am? Can I go somewhere else and have a better situation? Mm-hmm. Like, where do people think trade requests come from? You know, <laughs> they see <laughs> situations as untenable and they're like, let me find out if there's somewhere else I can go. Right. Yeah, this ain't working. Let me get somewhere else. Yeah. And that, to me, the interesting stuff is that I know was also the whole idea of Vivek trying to question the scouting department, figuring out how do you get come to these decisions <laughs> i guess i guess he's vivek is watching games and going this luca guy is really good why isn't he here hold up guys you come here and explain to me how you came to this decision because i've got this marvin bagley kid you guys told me about and this kid over here luca is this, he's an all-star you know these he's dominating and, and and i've got you know so part of me i felt bad for marvin because i was like come on marvin because, I mean, what, none of this is his fault, you know. Right. You, you combine that with the medical stuff. It's like, I could I could blame him. I can't blame him for if he doesn't want to play again this year. Yeah. I mean, I can't blame him. I mean, Yeah, I, I, think, I don't expect him to play again this year. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't expect to see him on the, on the, on the Kings this year again. Yeah, because, I mean, the fact and – and then I expect at some point in the summer, someone will leak to someone national what the real injury is. Right. And yeah, we'll find out. National. We'll find out. They'll they'll leak with the real. I said, come on now. If, if we see him this week in a walking boot with a sore foot, that is the sorest of all feet ever. And you know what's going on. Right. You know, but so the, this, I, so between yeah between the medical, the whole you know the thing with the, you know with whether Buddy's happy or players in general are happy, the ownership. You know, you know, you got Luke and Vladi under contract of 2023. So, you, if you think if you fire one, you got to fire them both, and that's kind of the, yeah. the, the, the position they're in. You can't fire, you can't fire Luke and then to ask Vlade to try this again. Right. Yeah, you can't fire Vlade and then expect that a guy won't come in and want to replace everyone. 
Right. Exactly. I, I'm from I'm from the the school of thought of, and I know people, you know, have been like, you know, they got to get rid of, you know, they've been trying to fire people all year, right? And uh, I'm just from the school of thought. If I'm Vivek or whatever, I'm not giving them um, an infinite amount of time to figure this out. But to a certain degree, Jason, we talked about this before. Like, this is who you got. These are the players you got, you know, as far as, like, the core guys. You signed Buddy. You're going to sign Bogey. You got Fox. You got Bagley. This is the coach that you pick. This is the general manager you pick. They got to figure this out. Simple as that. They got to figure it out. And I'm not saying they got forever to figure it out. But, um, you know, you've got the rest of this year. And I'd probably give them the rest of next year, considering, like, if it got really bad next year, yeah, maybe you'd have to make a move earlier. But, you know – you, you, we talked about trade requests and all this other stuff. People are so quick to run away from from stuff and and not accept challenges and accept um, trying to figure it out and get it done. Like figure it out. Like get better. You know what I'm saying? Instead of looking to point fingers and and, and blame other people for what's going on, get better yourself. You know what I'm saying? And, Kenny, and, and try I, to change your thing. I, I I agree with you for the most part. And the part that's really difficult for me as, as somebody who's trying to be objective about this is how far back has this Marvin Bagley injury situation set them? Because the mm. most important part of 2019-20 and this season was supposed to be De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley stay, taking two big steps forward. Yeah. And now we've seen, you know, imagine if Fox hadn't gotten hurt when he got hurt and for how long he got hurt. Maybe he's playing like this so much earlier in the season, the Kings are winning more games and, you know, it's a combination really. And now the Bagley may not play again this season. It's, it's a lost season for him. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about the first three years of an NBA player's career. Those are the most important three years when it comes to development and growth. He, he didn't grow this year. Yeah, it, it, that, you don't know what you have yet. So what, like, yeah, you have to give Luke Walden and Vladdy Divox and the rest of the team time because their core isn't – it's like the microwave is broken, right. you know? Right. Or no, not the it, microwave is broken. Really, your oven is broken. You can't put it in the oven, so now you're going to, what, try to microwave some stuff up? <laughs> right. It ain't going to yeah. taste as good. It, it, it don't work yeah, that way. Yeah, and people talk about, well, every team has injuries, but there's levels to injuries. So, you know, it's, right. you know, you know, certain guys being hurt matter than others. Mm. And <laughs> – and that's mm-hmm. not a knock on any player, but forgot, you know, so much of what they were going to do this year was build around Bagley. Mm-hmm. They, the yeah. improvements right. defensively they wanted to try were going to be based on having this 6'11", this freak athlete at the rim who could cover space and, you know, do all these things. And, you know, you got some of that with Rashawn, but Rashawn's been hurt, you know, with, right. you know, with, so it's, there's this, there's levels to who's hurt. You know, it's not a, these aren't guys at the end of the bench and, you went basically, basically, De'Aaron and Marvin haven't played together this year. No. For all of the purpose, right. they haven't played and, and also, there's no, there's no guarantee that Rashard comes back either. He might have to have surgery yeah. now that we know what his injury is. And let's, yeah. and let's not forget, it's a bad situation. Let's not forget, um, you know, when people talk about, uh, you know, uh, injuries, everybody plays with injuries. Let's not forget, like, how much people were um, loving Rashawn Holmes and saying, like, he's their best player. So on like a number of different occasions, Luke and that team, that coaching staff has lost their best player pretty much like all year long, right? You know, because at one point coming into the season, Fox was your best player. Uh, Bagley was your second best player. Bagley's gone after the first game. Fox is gone after two or three months into the season. Then Rashawn Holmes is your best player. He's been gone for a month and a half or whatever. Like they've missed a lot. And that's not to say that the coaching staff is perfect or anything's been good or to give them, you know, super passes or nothing like that. But it's reality. Like you said, these injuries do matter. Like you yeah, gotta have your like best you players look, on the yeah. floor. You look at it, Buddy, Belly, and Harrison have pretty much been and Corey have been the only guys that've really been there every game. hmm You mm-hmm. know? And 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 if that's not a recipe for them winning a whole lot of games. And <laughs> And that's not that's not a knock on them, but if those are going to be your core, you wouldn't go into the season saying our core guys were going to are going to be Belly, Buddy, you know Corey, you know, and you wouldn't have gone into a season like that. And so, and I still, I mean, I if still, you went into a season like that, you you know what a tank looks like. 
Yeah, you'd be in Philadelphia in the early 2010s or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You, you know, it's in yeah. the process. That's what you'd be saying if those were your core yeah, guys. Yeah, you'd be like, okay, let's go ahead and look at, uh, you know, who's coming out this year. And, <laughs> and 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 that kind of puts the Kings going forward to that position of, I know they don't want to get younger. They're like, we don't need to be doing the whole youth thing forever. But is that pick going to be anything that you can trade for a vet that can make an impact? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, that that goes into what I wanted to ask you guys. And Jason, you can start off. What do you want to see from this team to close the season? Do you want to see them like kind of maybe tank a little bit to have a higher pick to get an impact player? Or do you want to see these guys that are here, you know, close out strong and build momentum towards next year? Because that's kind of Jason, you've talked about it a number of different times, kind of the underlying factor of what happened last year. Like they didn't close good at all. And it kind of played into what we saw to the start of this year. So I don't know. Maybe you close strong this year and you can use that as momentum and go into next year. Because here's the thing. What their record is now, they would have to lose every game the rest of the year to to, to move up high enough in the tank rankings. Because you're not going to – yeah, you're not going to catch the Warriors. You're not going to catch Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) So to me, you've got – De'Aaron, it's all about De'Aaron. I'm going under the assumption that Marvin won't play anymore. I'm under the assumption that, I mean, we haven't been told that, but I'm, I'm assuming that we won't see Rashawn again. It's all about De'Aaron. De'Aaron, De'Aaron, De'Aaron. Bug, De'Aaron, no, De'Aaron, Buddy, Bogey. Get your backcourt situated, you know, because, I mean, that really is all that matters at this point because you're not making the playoffs. So just try to get some positive energy going into the offseason as opposed to the way they went in the last season limping blowing 25 point leads and just you know and just looking disinterested you know play play like this like this means something yeah marshall what do you want to see to close out the season well they don't have to worry about blowing the 25 point lead they don't play the suns anymore so definitely he's <laughs> off he, he, he's good they're good with that uh, i will say i agree with jason like all that matters because of the injury situation the only thing that matters is the aaron fox's development as i said before this season was all about the aaron fox and marvin bagley developing and they went out and I think did a, a, a decent job of getting other plate pieces to put around them that could help, um, you know, expedite that development. I mean, the players just have to be on the court. They haven't been on the court the whole season. That's just how the, the cookie crumbles sometimes, I guess. Um, but De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox. In a perfect world, they go 20 and eight um, the rest of the way <laughs> and finish the season 500. <laughs> We, of course, do not live in a perfect world. This is not a utopia. It's certainly no, it's not a not. king's utopia. So Hell I would no. say this. Have a winning record from here on out. I do think that's doable. It ain't easy. It ain't ideal because of the big situation and not having the big. But if Aaron Fox plays at the level he's capable of the rest of the season, if Buddy Hill plays at the level he's capable of the rest of the season, if um, Bogdan Bogdanovich plays at the level he's capable of, if Harrison Barnes gives you some consistency as a small ball four uh, and playing the three, if Bielitsa really just does what he's done thus far this season, I think they can have a winning record over the last 28 games. I think they, there's no reason why they can't, you know, go 15 and 13. Just find a way, find a way to say, as, as Jason put it, to say, hey, we finished a lot stronger this year than we did a year ago. And, and you, can, you do it, and if you have a winning record, not that you got to be, you know, like like I said, twenty and eight or anything, but if you just go fifteen and thirteen, right? You're gonna look at a team and say, "Hey, we were beat up, we were shorthanded, but we found a way to win more than we lost, and the players that we have on our team look better than they did at the start of the season." Yeah, and that, if you and win fifteen, if you, if you win fifteen games, you're only three win, three wins off of last year. Yeah, All with, things considered, exactly. And so I, I I think that I think this be, I think there's been a big because. We gotta remember this when it comes to the Kings. It's not just they've been bad; it's been they've been bad for so long. There's like this overly right. like the fans take it to the ultimate extreme. Oh Lord, we're gonna suck forever. And I'm like, <laughs> I I still believe that if they had been relatively healthy, they'd be around where Portland is right now. They weren't a playoff team, I don't think, but they they'd be they'd be at least five six games better. Right. And yeah. so I, 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 I can't go into the whole, it's all lost. This is all a disaster. We ruined it by firing Jaeger. Cause I don't know if Jaeger wins more games with this team. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think he does. And that's no. not, a, that's not a knock on Dave, but 
you know, let's not let's not turn Dave Yeager into Phil Jackson, Larry Brown, and Red Arbuck. <laughs> you know, and let's not turn this Kings team into the '96 Bulls, the the 2016 right. Warriors, and you know, the 01 Lakers. It's like let's calm down. Right. You know, let's right. th- this thing is going to take some time, and you're still the two key players you're still asking them to make the biggest jump are 22 and 20, mm. and That's one crazy. of them didn't. Play, and, one, and one didn't play and, this year. Exactly. And, and I'll say this on top of that. You know, we, we talk about, you know, the season's not over. Certainly you got 28 games left to play. And people were really still thinking playoffs as a possibility before that latest Rashawn Holmes news. And you're only like four or five games out of the eighth spot. And who knows what happens? Because there, it's not like the team in the eighth spot was winning a lot of games. But Memphis has really turned it on. And I think you could put a fork in the, the Kings and we can just stop talking about the playoffs probably right this second. But you know who their first game out of the break is against, right? Memphis? Yeah. So you lose them, you're eight games back of the playoff spot with 27 to play. Now you can really put the actual fork in them. Like, you know, you've lost twice to Memphis. you got to see them again. There's no reason to believe that you would beat them a third time. I think Thursday's game is like the beginning of the funeral procession. If you win that game, if you win that game, what did you say? They should, they should tank on Thursday so they can get to the offseason. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying, if, I'm saying they should play hard and they should win that game because I think that game will have a lot to do with whether or not they can win 15 games in the back half. You got to come out strong on your home court. You have to. I agree. I agree. Now, um, I agree with everything you guys said about what you're looking for. De'Aaron Fox is, is far and away number one, what you're looking for to, to end the season and getting your backcourt taken care of. One thing that I'm looking forward to, and much like the Kings in their front office, I've been keeping an eye on this guy for a long time, and we're going to get a chance to see what it really is. I'm interested to see what's going on with Jabari Parker. Because I, I, these these are the type of moves and these are the type of players historically that when the Kings were good, they would get these type of guys. These guys that were kind of kind of throwaways, you know what I mean? They had a lot of potential coming into the league, and they were kind of throwaways for whatever reason, whether it's attitude, injuries, poor play, not living up to to, uh, to expectations. And, you know, in that early 2000 mode, they would get these guys, and they would have some kind of a renaissance here in Sacramento. They, they didn't want to come here, but, you know, they got here, and they loved the city. They loved the vibe. They loved what was going on with the organization, and they played well. And they end up being huge assets. And they've done that a little bit um, with some of the guys that they've gotten, you know, in the recent future, whether it's Bialita or Sean Holmes, you know, guys like that, Shump, you know, those type of guys. I'm interested to see if Jabari has anything left and if he has anything left here for the Sacramento Kings. And I'm going to keep my eye on that to uh, to kind of close the season, see if there's something there with Jabari Parker. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so well, uh, we, and maybe we'll see him on Thursday. Hopefully we'll see him on Thursday. So we've gone a long, long time. Marshall, this is the the longest episode in Throne Room history. And we, we probably could go another I hour apologize. with you. Man. I'm long with no, it. No, no. I'm long with it. No, no, it's not your fault. We could probably go another hour with you. It just it just flows, baby. It just flows. You know what I'm saying? I love it. Before we get out of here, I gotta ask you guys, non basketball related, do we have boxing fans on the on the on the show right now? Because huge fight going on, on Saturday. Huge, huge fight. Heavyweight championship of the world. Anybody watching? Am I the no, only I'm one? I'm going to try to find Shall it somewhere this when I'm in Shall I watch this one or just a sequel? Help, help me out. Well, this is the sequel. They're probably going to have the third one. And I think you should watch this one. I think it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. I got Wilder winning in a knockout. He's knocking out Fury on Saturday night. First oh, one wow. was a draw. First one was a draw. This one is the rematch. I think Wilder knocks him out this time. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I will watch, but that's just because I'm a sports fan. I'm a, I'm a boxing fan, but not like a diehard boxing fan. Like, I want to see the fight. When the premium talent is in the ring, I want to see it. Like, I'm okay. not going to, you know, tune into just random boxing. You know what I'm saying? You're not, the you're best not watching uh, Showbox the New Generation with these random. 10 no, and 0 guys. No, no, no. <laughs> I feel many, you look, on that. I got too many streaming options. I'm good on that. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. I want to. I want to see Wilder. Ahead. I want to see Wilder win. I want to see a knockout. I want to see because I, I think his post fight speech would be epic. To this day, to this day, Jason. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Day. You know what? I am here to for that day. though. I, I'm always here for day. that. To this day. <laughs> yes, indeed. 
Yes, indeed. They Marshall. They my people to this day. <laughs> Marshall, the people can find you every night on CBS 13, correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm on CBS 13 usually uh, Sunday through Thursday. I'd be trying to take Fridays and Saturdays off. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. But you can also uh, hit me up on social media, at M. Harris on air, on all platforms, at M. And, Harris on air. And they wake up with you on, on, on Good Day Sacramento uh, every during Occasionally, the week usually on Thursdays I try to come through and say hey what's up I'm a morning person let's do something but you know okay. uh, we're down a person in our sports department right now so we're, we're, uh, we're I haven't hard. been doing the good day stuff as much I hear you I hear you so, but yeah follow them on like all socials King, we are also shorthanded Look at that. Look at that. It's it's a sac it's a sacramental thing right now. We're all trying to figure it out, man. We're all trying to figure it out. So, Marshall, I appreciate you coming through, man, on the on the throne room breakdown. We gotta do this again for sure, man. Oh, y'all just let me know the time and place. Look forward to having you guys on Sports Sunday. Um, and thanks for having me so much. Yes, indeed. Jason, you got anything else to say to the people? No, nothing else. Uh yeah, we'll be back at it, you know, this week. We got basketball again. The break's over, so Back to life, back to reality. No more wine sipping and you know <laughs> all that fun stuff. Just got to get back. You know, twenty eight to go. Let's see what they do. Let's see what they do, man. I'm up out of here, man. Kenny Caraway, Marshall Harris, Jason Jones. Throwing room breakdown. Y'all be good, man. <laughs>